Little honey bees flying around, little green peas from the ground, buttermilk biscuits nice and brown. Bring it to Tennessee farm table, butter beans, peas, beets and chard, chickens running in the yard, catfish frying in that lard. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Cast on skillets, good and hot. Watch it steam and crack and pop. Cornbread bacon in that stove. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Pick them maters, good and ripe. Drop in black gang candy stripes. Look at 'em loading down those vines. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Bring it to Tennessee Farm Table. Good morning, and welcome to the Tennessee Farm Table, a show dedicated to the people of our community who produce, preserve, and prepare our regional foods. This is your hostess, Amy Campbell. That cute little theme song you just heard was performed and arranged by East Tennessee's own Emmy Sunshine. She's gotten to be very popular, and she's even sung on the Grand Old Opry. We're really proud of this young woman, and even more proud to say that she's from Monroe County, Tennessee. This morning, we're setting the table with Tennessee agriculture in the way of viticulture or growing grapes. We're joined by Rick Riddle, who is one of the people in our state who's working hard to create a robust network of Tennessee vineyards, wineries, family farms, and Tennessee wine trails. Rick describes the upcoming Nine Lakes Wine Festival in Oak Ridge, Tennessee, a showcase of these Tennessee wines, foods, and family farms. This industry has great potential here in our neck of the woods to provide jobs and industry through agriculture and value-added Tennessee products, so I hope you'll give it a listen, whether you drink wine or not. We hear an encore story from Fred Sossman about strawberries, Wayne Scott, and Mother's Day. And I've dug up a classic Mother's Day song with Kitty Wells and Loretta Lynn. Just want to say thank you so much for tuning in here today. What an honor to have your good company. Now let's get started. So let's join Rick Riddle now. He's one of the main people in the state who's really trying to promote Tennessee viticulture. So let's join him right now. Well, I'm sitting here talking with Rick Riddle. Good to meet you. Well, it's good to meet you. I'm so glad to get you to come out. I've been looking forward to this for like two years. Me too. Me too. And Rick... You're here at the winery at Seven Springs Farm, and there's this big thing called Nine Lakes Wine Festival. What in the world is it, and uh, what all? How much time do you have? Oh, no. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, so this is really, really a neat story that involves so many people and so many facets of the grape and wine industry. Um, you know, we, we started on this journey about uh, two years or so ago when our daughter decided to come back to the farm, uh, plant a vineyard, and get into 
the grape and wine industry and um, so I wanted to do everything that I could do to help make her successful and so both of us actually went back to school and uh, both of us got our degrees in enology through Missouri State at West Plains uh, a program that is sponsored by the National Science Foundation where you do most of your work online so I'd retired from the military and I was able to use my GI Bill and I said hey that's a good use for a GI Bill and if I'm going to do something I might as well go ahead and try to do it right yeah. um, and so we went back and did that and and we had already started on the winery here um, and it was originally going to be a farm store but we changed things around a little bit uh, made it into a winery and a farm store uh, and actually opened the winery at Seven Springs Farm in October of 2015. Um, and then I got to look and I said, you know, what makes winery successful? And one of the things that makes wineries successful is working in collaboration with other wineries because the wine business is, is a cluster economics business. In other words, if you have one, you do okay. If you have two, you do better. If you, if you have five, all five did do better than what any one could have done because what you have to do is to create a destination for people. People are, are looking for a place you know, within 50 miles that they can go and they can spend four or five hours and do three or four things that that they really want to do and enjoy and have a unique experience and and the, the way you do that in the great wine industry is a wine trail and so we started work on a wine trail here in east tennessee um, and we we had that wine trail up and going in the spring of 2016 that's evolved a little bit um, and we worked with the state of Tennessee through the USDA um, and were able to get a couple of value-added producer grants uh, and then this past spring we were so so fortunate and we got a very large $250,000 uh, value-added producer grant to market the grape and wine industry in East Tennessee and with that we actually put two more wine trails together so now in East Tennessee you actually have five wine trails you have the Great Valley Wine Trail you'll have the Foothills Wine and Cider Trail which is the first wine and cider trail in the state of Tennessee you have the High Country Wine Trail which actually involves three wineries in North Carolina and a winery in Tennessee and you have the Rocky Top Wine Trail so if you're coming up uh, you know 40 out of Atlanta Chattanooga uh, you can get off at Solly Notch uh, go through the foothills back through Maryville go to Cades Cove uh, Mill Bridge uh, Wiley Cider um, and then up at Hartford or you can do Seven Springs Spout Springs Hillside and Goodwater uh, or you can do uh, you know Grandfather Mountain and Watauga Lake uh, up in uh, uh, the Appalachian high country and so the other thing I had done was is I, I got to looking at the opportunities USDA had and one of those was a multi-state grant where you could work with Virginia North Carolina and Tennessee and so we put this team together and we put this grant in for a multi-state grant it wasn't successful because they, they only gave out a few and they gave them to some really big 
big uh, companies. But the one thing that I learned is that so important to the grape and wine industry was reputational capital. And I looked at Virginia, and Virginia has grown from a no-wine state to the fifth leading wine production uh, and winery state in the United States. They have over 400 wineries, uh, and they have seven AVAs. And I said, oh, AVAs, I, I heard about that when I was in school. And so I started looking at AVAs, which is an American viticultural area. And that is a, a defined geographic area that the Department of the Treasury, uh, that you have been able to make a case to the Department of the Treasury that this area has a unique soils, unique climate, unique geography, unique aspects, unique altitude, um, that the grapes that are grown here are unique and they produce a wine that is unique to anywhere else in the United States. And everybody knows Napa. I mean, everybody knows Napa, California. But you, I ask you, why does everybody know Napa? Napa was the second American viticultural area created uh, in the United States. There are now about 284. Half of them are in California. The other half are in the rest of the United States. And so we got to looking, we got to talking, and we got to working with the Middle East Tennessee Tourism Council. Uh, and they were... Uh, well, we, we, we put our heads together and uh, we looked at uh, the area that we had um, and we came up with the idea of Nine Lakes because in the 16-county Middle East Tennessee region we have nine TVA-made lakes um, and you have in essence the rain shadow effect from the Appalachians to the Cumberland Plateau with a lake effect of, of, uh, of these nine TVA-made lakes. I, I think it's like 154,000 acres of water uh, just in this six-county region or uh, 16 county region from these nine lakes and so we worked with the Middle East Tennessee Tourism Council they are rebranding our entire region to Nine Lakes East Tennessee and we have a petition that we're working on right now uh, that we hope to submit probably will be next year sometime in 2018 uh, because they're like 150 pages long. It's unbelievable. Uh, so a lot of work to justify to the federal government that this Nine Lakes area grows grapes that are really, really unique. And you have to use, um, you know, you have to justify that the grapes are unique and the wine is unique. And just so happens, you know, how fate sometimes works with you if you allow it to work with you, um, is that a wine that was produced from grapes grown down in Madisonville, Tennessee, turned out this past year to be the most decorated wine in the state of Tennessee. Unbelievable. Took gold medals at San Francisco, won three best of shows single wine three best of shows at wines of the south and so we really have a very very strong argument that the grapes that we produce within this nine lakes region are unique and make absolutely superior wines if you just tuned in you're listening to the tennessee farm table on the radio dial every saturday morning at 9 a.m on east tennessee's own wdvx out of knoxville and listen anytime by podcast at TennesseeFarmTable.com. When we return, we'll hear details on the upcoming Nine Lakes Wine Festival. 
Support for the Tennessee Farm Table comes in part from Magpie's Bakery in downtown North Knoxville, just one block north of Broadway on North Central Street. Magpie's Bakery can accommodate most budgets and styles with celebration cakes and treats for weddings and graduation ceremonies. From a simple rustic barn dance with pies, cookies, and cupcakes to a country club affair with a custom creation with a full selection of ready-made designs, or they can create custom designs for your special event. Magpiescakes.com. All butter, all the time. And now, let's join Rick and hear about this festival. Well, you can't do all of this without a big wine festival, right? Because you have to let people know what's going on. And so on the 20th of May, actually the 19th and the 20th, but the 20th of May will be the grand tasting for the inaugural Nine Lakes Wine Festival. We have 20 wines or 20 wineries from five wine trails uh, in East Tennessee that will be sampling over 100 award-winning wines and ciders uh, on the peninsula out on Melton Hill Lake in Oak Ridge. Absolutely gorgeous. You couldn't ask for a better place. And it's going to be done in conjunction with the Dogwood Masters Regatta. So that morning, the Dogwood Masters Regatta is taking place right there on Melton Hill. Uh, the regatta ends at 12. Uh, our wine festival starts at 1 and from 1 to 6. Uh, individuals will be able to come in and sample wines from these 20 wineries and purchase those Tennessee wines. We're going to have a number of food vendors you, you have you know almost a meal included with your ticket price because we we want you to have an experience we want you to come in uh, we want you to experience uh, you know some some good cooking from here in Tennessee we have I mean a number of people are going to be there for food vendors uh, these 20 wineries we have four bands uh, we have some other crafters uh, we have cutting-edge cooking school that's given three uh, wine and food pairings we have a sommelier that is going to be there uh, that's going to be doing some classes and it's going to work with uh, the food pairings but probably more importantly than anything is we have 12 East Tennessee cherries and uh, Jonathan Ball came up with this idea of why aren't we doing wine barrel races in East Tennessee. If you go on YouTube and you look at wine barrel races, you'll see what they do in France and Italy, uh, even in California, just unbelievable. So we're having the wine, the charity wine barrels race uh, for fun. And so these we're sponsoring these 12 charities. Uh, we're giving them proceeds out of the ticket sales for the wine festival, and we're gonna have a wine barrel race to where these charities are going to have teams and they're going to race around the turnaround at the end of the peninsula out there in the lake uh, and we we hope to have a lot of fun we'll have three humane societies we have main uh, support over in Maryville, which is uh, equine grief counseling uh, bridges to prosperity girls club of oak ridge uh, so some really really uh, important uh, local charities casa of the heartland uh, those kinds of things and we hope we're able to provide some support for them we're Hope we're able to have some fun. Uh, we hope people are, um, uh, are able to come out and taste some really good Tennessee wines uh, and have uh, a nice, nice day-long experience. That's what we're trying to do. And so that's that's what Nine Lakes is all about. <laughs> Gosh, that sounds great. You've been listening to Rick Riddle from the winery at Seven Springs Farm in Maynardville, Tennessee. 
He's one of the driving forces behind the goal to establish Tennessee as a grape-growing and wine production state. And if you'd like to enter your name in the hat to possibly win a pair of tickets to Nine Lakes Wine Festival, details at TennesseeFarmTable.com. After the short break, we'll hear about some great history from Rick, including Union County, the Jack Woods Distillery, Lace Packing, and Marble City Saloon in Knoxville. Support for the Tennessee Farm Table comes to you in part by Kenner Tree Care, family owned and operated out of Louisville, Tennessee. Kenner Tree Care is proud to support this type of local community broadcasting. A certified arborist insured for your protection, offering removal of dead or problem trees, tree pruning, storm emergencies, tree care, soil conditioning, and tree and stump removal. Contact Kenner Tree Care by phone at 865-686-8344 or by Facebook. Kenner Tree Care. Tree Care, Nature's Way. And let's join back up with Rick talking about family farming, Union County, and some good old Knoxville history. Uh, but we've got a long ways to go, but one of the things that we're doing uh, is working to create an identity for the industry here with our designation of American viticultural areas uh, for our wineries to work together so that we, in essence, have a day-long experience for people who uh, live in the area or visit in Tennessee. Um, so we're, we're hoping to get the industry back where it was in the late 1800s, you know, kind of what right. goes around comes around. Uh, but but to me, my passion about it is is the family farm and and telling the story. And that's why if you go to our Facebook page, Nine Lakes Wine Fest, uh, one of the the videos that we have on each one of the wineries is a story that we tell the preservation of the family farm. Whether it be like Cellar uh, Fifty Three with Scott and Rebecca Paschal. Uh, and how they were able to preserve their family farm uh, with the vineyard and with Cellar 53 Winery uh, or, or, you know, like Delmonico, uh, Barbara and David Delmonico, how they were able to share their their passion uh, for local wines and wines and, and what they've been able to do there on the Upper Cumberland uh, to here in rural East Tennessee, Gene and, and Laura Poland, uh, and coming back to the family farm uh, and making, making a, a family experience out of it raising their kids and, and having the business uh, and the same here with uh, Nikki and Michael or with Jim and Donna um, is preserving the family farm uh, a lot of people don't realize is this farm right here is the historic woods farm and Union County in 1896 had eight legal distilleries operating in Union County, which was the largest number of legal distilleries operating in the late 1800s. One of those distilleries was the Jack Woods Distillery, which was just right across the road from the winery here. Um, and A.J. Woods, Andrew Jackson Woods, uh, produced corn spirits in this whole valley up through here was uh, cherry trees, apple trees, and peach trees. This ridge up through here up was called Cherry Hollow. 
that went back up through there. And so Jacker um, uh, bought corn from all of the farmers uh, in and around Union County. Uh, they produced corn spirits over here, and then when the fruits came in, they made um, you know spirits uh, spritzers, put cherries and peaches uh, in with the, the white spirits, uh, and then also made cherry brandy, peach brandy, and apple brandy. Uh, another big distillery is just right up the road up here was the Lay Distillery. A lot of people who have lived in Knoxville know the story of Lay Packing and the Three Little Pigs. All of that started uh, right up here at Mill Pond uh, with the operation of the Lay Distillery. They, they raised hogs uh, from the byproduct of the distillery. They had to find a way to market process those hogs uh, and they recreated Lay Packing Company in downtown Knoxville and, and there was the old Marble City Saloon. Knoxville used to be known as Marble City uh, and David Lay had the Marble City Saloon in downtown Knoxville and they shipped brandies and spirits all over the East Coast. So it's a tremendously rich uh, uh, history here um, and you know uh, what goes around comes around maybe we learn the lessons of history uh, and one of these days we can be you know again a leading part of the industry in Tennessee. Absolutely. Uh. Rick Riddle, the winery <laughs> at Seven Springs Farm about prohibition and all the way to family farming and lays packing. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Thank you, ma'am. Thank you for coming out. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And you've been listening to Rick Riddle, a passionate Tennessee winemaker, grape grower, farmer, and keeper of the stories. Details about the wine festival, NineLakesWineFestival.com. Also upcoming this week, they're going to be talking about this thing on WBIR-TV 10 on the 17th during Live at 5 at 4. And now, let's hear from our friend Fred Sossman. He's a food historian and teacher of Appalachian Foodways at East Tennessee State University in Johnson City. We like to call the segment of this show Seasons Eatings. It's the power of old-time advertising. Set up on the side of the road, haul out a sign, announce strawberries. Within minutes, buyers converge. Be the seller Scott's, Thompson's, or anyone with the patience to shepherd a strawberry patch through an unpredictable Tennessee springtime and customers appear out of nowhere. License plates prove the speed of the age-old communication method. Word of mouth sells strawberries. Strawberry passion in southern Appalachia runs deep. Back to the Cherokees. For some of us, thoughts turn to pies with an accent of rhubarb. Others pinch off green caps, cup their hands for errant juice, think to do a quick rinse of the berry, and at about two bites, it's gone. No time even for sugar. Hard to fathom, but I have encountered people who abhor chocolate. I've yet, though, to talk to a soul who failed to appreciate a strawberry. We expect them all spring. May 10th was my mother's birthday. It was the line of demarcation between a strawberry-deprived spring 
and a few weeks of paradise. Nowadays, the expectation kicks in earlier. With hardier varieties, backed by solid science from agricultural schools across the country, we start scanning roadsides in late April. We may cheat and pick up a South Carolina box of strawberries before then, but call it bias or regional pride, nothing for us beats the yield of some of the world's richest earth, the alluvial deposits along the Nolichucky River in East Tennessee. I walked those fields one crispy cold spring day about a decade ago alongside a man named Wayne Scott. He read volumes into a tender leaf and an even more vulnerable blossom. He had given up a secure career as a high school agriculture teacher to venture into the risky world of strawberries. His weather charts read like a pilot's log. If there were a strawberry hall of fame, Wayne Scott would be my first nominee. He reshaped the tastes of East Tennesseans. He helped us realize that California berries were a compromise. I'm not sure Wayne Scott ever heard the word locavore or used the phrase farm to table, but he embodied the ideas long before a lot of other folks. I can't eat a strawberry today without thinking of that day near the Nolichucky River or my mother's smile when that first bowl of very lightly sugared strawberries was placed with pride on our Tennessee table. Some years, when the calendar and the season aligned just right, Mother's Day, my mother's birthday, and strawberries occurred on the same day. It was cosmic convergence. For the Tennessee Farm Table, I'm Fred Saussman. Thank you so much for your great company here today on the Tennessee Farm Table. Hope you can join us again right back here next Saturday at 9 a.m. on the radio dial at WDVX.com out in Knoxville or anytime on our podcast, TennesseeFarmTable.com. Our theme song was written by myself and sung, arranged, and performed by Emmy Sunshine of East Tennessee. More information about Emmy Sunshine at TheEmmySunshine.com. That is spelled T-H-E-E-M-I Sunshine.com. We hope you'll reach out and connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, and also our podcast on TennesseeFarmTable.com. And please tell your friends about us. We want to say thank you to WDVX Radio out of Knoxville, Tennessee. They are a true community-supported radio station that does not receive funding from universities or government agencies. The community and businesses support WDVX. Through an agreement with WDVX, they are our media partner, and the Tennessee Farm Table Show is broadcast on that station every Saturday at 9 a.m. We hope you have a good week and keep on digging. This has been a Campbell Creative Incorporated production.